You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and a few weeks ago, I I was at an event, one of my kids' events at the school. So he's a public school kid at PS9 in New York City, and I'm going there to, to be with my kid and go through all these things, and they have bouncy houses and stuff like that. And as I'm there, there's also a stage of which... I was the 12 o'clock entertainment for, and by entertainment, they the first person went in and they were the 11 o'clock and they did a science show. So I then at 12 o'clock did something that they titled Fitness Fun with Rick Ritchie. So they're really working through the alliterations and trying to get kids to be more physically active. So I get up on stage and for 10 to 15 minutes, I make a wonderful fool out of myself and I invite the children to come up and to do exercises and things like that. So they get up and they exercise, I'm coaching, cueing and all that stuff. And we have a great time. And I have them tell me what exercises that we can do. And they're like, push-ups. And I was like, I don't think that's a thing. They just stop making stuff up. These kids make things up and they're like, it's real. So we had a great time, great feedback. And as I got down, uh, there was a woman there and she was like, Rick, that was really good. It's been a while. And I was like, oh my goodness, I know her. I know you. And she is the one of the, the partners in a company called Pronatal. So there is a pre and postnatal fitness, a lot of certifications out there. And, uh, and, and so she is part of one called Pronatal, which I have hosted their workshops at my facilities. I have communicated back and forth with her, and I'm very excited about it. And that's something that we haven't actually discussed. And I, a few weeks prior to this, had somebody reach out, uh, hit me up on Instagram, and just DM me, like, do you have any information about pre and postnatal fitness? And I said, I think I should get a subject matter expert to talk about it because that is not me. And so I think that that Brittany Citron, who I met at the playground at the, the festival, said, you should talk to my director of education at Pronatal. She will be the one that you need to talk to. And that is the person that is with us today. So I'd like to introduce to you uh, Carolyn Appel from Pronatal. Hi, Carolyn. Hello, it's great to be with you. And Brittany mentioned that if your day job doesn't work out, you certainly have a big career ahead of you in children's fitness education. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you help them bring them into the world and I'll help get them fit. So... <laughs> Uh, it's great to have you on and thank you for that. Uh, can you just tell our audience a little bit about you? Can you tell them, first of all, I want to point out that it looks like you are either a mom or you are a random collector of children's wall art. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to admit I am a mom. I have a seven-year-old okay. son and he's the reason why I got into the pre and postnatal field to begin with. Uh, prior to that, I, I started in the fitness industry about 20 years ago, and I worked in a big chain gym, and education was always my path, and teaching was always my main passion. So I really dove into that end of things and started teaching for different companies um, coming in-house for their education, for their fitness professionals. 
And then eventually I uh, went on to get my master's in motor learning and control. And I combined that with an athletic uh, background. I was a tennis player through college and kind of mixed all that up together in my mind when I was training myself during my pregnancy. And I use that sort of approach as an athlete might to prepare for a competition or a tournament as I was going through my pregnancy to prepare for labor and beyond. And that was really the, the first light bulb moment because as I was going through that process, I was looking for good quality information about prenatal training and I was having a really hard time finding it. And I thought if I'm relatively well educated in this field and I'm having trouble discerning what's good versus bad information, how possibly could the everyday person be able to make those distinctions? And so that was a big driver in wanting to proactively get into this field. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, years ago, early on in my training career, I did a pre and postnatal course. And I got to be honest, I, I'm not sure what we did except talk maybe a little bit. Uh, we talked about pelvic floor. Uh, training at the seminar and then basically it was it was just uh, an entire day workshop of what I felt was fear-mongering like yes. it was like here here don't don't lie on your back but also do not lie on your stomach or either one of your sides just I, I was like what do <laughs> we do with people <laughs> right right there's no lying down stand up and go to sleep I was like, that's good practice for parenting. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt like everything was like be the, the, you know, kit and gloves for the, the pregnant person. And I just felt that that wasn't for me. Like I didn't know anything about pre or postnatal, but I also knew people that exercised and were pregnant. Uh, so I was just like, I'm not sure, like, I'm, I'm not sure I'm making application with this. So I just want to like throw that out there and, and let you do what you will with that comment. Yeah, unfortunately, that has often been the approach when it comes to working with this population is that it's, it's a whole long laundry list of things to avoid and things to modify and use caution with. Yeah. But if we flip this around and say that somebody who is pregnant is preparing for most likely the most physically taxing event of their lives. Yes. Why wouldn't we approach this with the same mindset as we would an athlete preparing for the Olympics, right? They're going to be undergoing extreme physical demands. And if we understand those demands and what's involved with them in terms of the adaptations we're trying to create in the body so that those demands don't overwhelm the body's capacity, then we can provide a foundation that will allow people not only to improve their birth outcomes, improve baby's health, improve their own health, but that will allow them to actually enjoy this process and not simply endure it and just make it to the end, Ooh, you know, because well for me, for me, particularly, you know, this was a one and done thing. I, <laughs> I'm just, I know you, you went a few, a few, uh, a few times through this process but for me, <laughs> it's simply a one and done. I had one Olympics and I wanted to make sure I came in with the best preparation possible. And that is the, what we kind of term our performance training approach and how our, 
uh, pronatal fitness approach is very, very different from the other pre and postnatal fitness companies out there. I like that you said it feels it's it's um it's it's the biggest event that you could go through. And that is in fact something that is said in the book Burn by Herman Posner. And he's a PhD and I think he's uh, Duke, I believe he's at Duke. And I know that if he's at UNC, then that's gonna start a big fight. But <laughs> it's at one of those North Carolina universities that are both excellent. They're both good schools. So with that said, he talks about this. He is, um, uh, that if, if you were to look at anything that that is demanding and incredibly taxing on the body, the longest term event that we are mm -hmm. familiar with, and he was trying to figure that out, and he was looking at endurance runners and you know twenty six uh, marathon, you know a marathon every day for twenty six days, and the people that train for all sorts of things, and then he was like, and, and we looked at pregnancy. It seems that it pales in comparison, at least metabolically. Mm -hmm to somebody that is pregnant and that is a nine month stint and it is progressive <laughs> and yes. uh, it, it, it is challenging. So I, I think you're right when, when you say that just based off of what Dr. Posner says where that is incredibly demanding for a prolonged period of time and we break them up into phases. We tend to break them up into trimesters. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there, there are different things perhaps in different trimesters. Can you just speak to what some of those things might be? Just enlighten us on sure. like what each phase looks like for the fitness client. Yes. Um, so generally speaking, uh, you may know this firsthand from seeing your wife go through it, but typically in the first trimester, the big things to contend with are simply the nausea and fatigue. Mm. And the body is simply accustomed to the, getting accustomed to the idea of being pregnant. But once we get pregnant, there is a cascade of changes that happens in the body from hormones to alignment changes to intra-abdominal pressure changes. There's a, there's a massive list. But typically in the first trimester, the things we start to look out for are the hormonal changes, which can be begin upon conception. So that means typically that the body will start to experience more laxity in the soft tissues. And as we know, as many of us know this relationship between mobility and stability, the more mobile we become, the less stable we potentially can become. So if all of a sudden the shoulder joint has more range of motion because of these hormonal changes, then we're increasing that range of motion without the commensurate gains in stability. And that could potentially lead to some problems and greater risk of injury. Now, it's not necessarily a bad thing. We just have to be mindful of that when training these clients that if they are experiencing greater changes due to these hormonal effects, then we need to simply pay greater attention to those end ranges that we're pushing them to. We may have to back off a little bit or slightly lower the weights depending on the degree of change. Having said that though, there are some people like myself who never really experienced any significant changes in ranges of motion. So I was continuing to lift very um, heavy and felt very good doing that throughout my entire pregnancy. Um, so the first trimester, typically we're gonna start to see those hormonal changes, but the big stuff really starts to set in in the second trimester 
when weight gain starts to become more of an issue, typically the fatigue and nausea from the first trimester dissipates. And we call the second trimester really the honeymoon of pregnancy, because this is when people tend to have more energy, they're feeling good, they're gaining weight, but those weight gain changes haven't led to major um, changes and shifts in movement and alignment. So it's kind of that sweet spot where we're feeling good, we can push our clients. And then before we get into the bigger uh, modifications, this is really when we can set that foundation of strength that will carry us through to that third trimester when the, ch the changes to the body's external loading, so to speak, uh, becomes greater and greater. So we, we actually have, um, for your audience, we actually have a free guide about the five pregnancy changes that every fitness professional mm -hmm. should know. And it goes over this in great detail about the hormonal changes, the cardiocirculatory changes, the alignment changes that are so prevalent. And it, it gives you some food for thought about, hmm, I never considered that. And now I need to look at my programming a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that then look like? So you get through this, maybe this honeymoon phase, and then you start to get into the third trimester. And I want to just reintroduce yes. you, ladies and gentlemen, this is Carolina Pell, and she is the director of education at, at pronatal. And we're, we're inquiring about this, not only because it, it was an opportunity that at a chance meeting that, uh, that I talked to your business partner, but also somebody had reached out recently asking about it. So it's really quite <clears throat> nice that the stars aligned and that you're with us today. So thank you for being here. With that said, that third trimester moving into that where things get a little bit bigger, things get, <laughs> uh, you know, there, there might be some, um, some of the nausea in the first trimester, it might not be as much though. I will say for my poor wife from mm. conception to delivery, she was just, she oh. had morning sickness for our first mm. one. Thank goodness. It wasn't like that. The only time that she didn't feel sick is when she was exercising. So she mm. was crushing some spin and cycling classes. And with our first one, she was like, it's the only thing. And for like an wow. hour or two after she felt okay. Um, but then hit with it again. And when she had that morning sickness throughout. And then in the third trimester, she had, a, you know, the stomach is being pressed against. So she felt like she couldn't eat anything, but she wanted to eat and her back mm. hurt. And she had sciatic pain. There were so many things that just built up that made you think she will never have another kid. And then she was like, psych. And we had two more. So, <laughs> so talk to us about the third trimester and what happens there. Yeah. So obviously, along with the weight gain, there are big changes that can happen to alignment. And mm -hmm. in our education, we talk so much about the importance of maintaining a neutral alignment. Because as you imagine, as the weight is gaining in the front of the body with the breasts and the belly, that's going to shift the center of gravity from where it is pre-pregnancy to just below the belly button to up and forward. And now this increases stress on the posterior chain from top to bottom. Oftentimes we see that very exaggerated anterior pelvic tilt, which then puts us into lumbar extension and compresses the low back tissues. So it's really not a surprise that most pregnant people complain of low back pain as the number one thing that they're experiencing as, as a discomfort during pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and along with those shifts, 
coupled with the hormonal changes I mentioned a little bit earlier, the pelvic position starts to change. So there's a widening at the pelvis and the, the feet then, if we travel down from the pelvis down to the feet, the foot stance gets wider. And all of that starts to change how people move through gait and through everyday movement patterns. So this cascade from top to bottom really impacts the alignment, not only in static postures, but also dynamically during everyday tasks. And that can eventually lead to movement compensation and pain. And so we really promote the idea of not only maintaining good alignment, but strength training, strength training. Oh, I like because it. Because that, that is the main way that not only can we keep the body strong so it can move through these daily activities with greater ease and capacity, hmm. but the strength training helps to mitigate some of that joint laxity that can happen. Because as we know, strength training stiffens connective tissue. So it's a great way that we can use to impact many different body systems. And even if someone has not been used to doing strength training, they can start during pregnancy. It is perfectly safe. We have a lot of evidence to support its efficacy. And it really just helps the whole process from pregnancy labor and into the postpartum period, which most people tend to forget about, but is an incredibly physically taxing time. We're going to talk postpartum, but I want I want to go back to this shift, right? So there's a, there's a shift, and and I will say this for a long time: like it's hard to do research uh, and fitness on pregnant people because mm-hmm. first of all, a lot of times uh, these are done research done in a university setting. Uh, also, to get past the the boards to be able to implement something, there are huge yes. safety hoops to jump through. So majority of of boards of these research boards are not the, which uh, they're just not going to okay going through anything with pregnancy, because if anything happened, then they could say, oh, that's because of this, right? And so uh, universities are going to be like, no, we're not going to do that. So I'm just curious, what happened? When, when did this pendulum start shifting? Because for a long time, Carolyn, for a long time, it was like, nope, don't do anything. You need to stay in bed if you're pregnant. Don't get up. Don't be active. Don't do this. And then you had some people that were actually physicians. The physicians are saying this. It's not just it's just not midwives and stories of this. These are the physicians saying it. And then there are some researchers that are going, we're not touching this. So what has come up since then where, you know, is there actual research with this stuff? What is the evidence and how did that start to shift? So as you mentioned, uh, up until there was actual evidence, the predominant thinking was that we should try to minimize stress to the body during pregnancy because we don't want to overtax the system and potentially cause negative repercussions for the baby. But in the mid-1980s is when they actually started studying this population in clinical trials, and they were looking at moderate intensity activity and found it not only to be safe for mother and baby or parent and baby, but now they're seeing a ton of positive health benefits. So not only are the amount of medical interventions reduced during labor, but labor is actually shorter for those who exercise during pregnancy. 
there's also fewer postpartum uh, recovery needs for people who are more active during pregnancy. So they recover more quickly. And then newer research, which is really exciting, it's just kind of starting, is looking at the longer term health outcomes on the offspring of those who were exercising during pregnancy. And they're seeing that not only their health outcomes, cardiorespiratory, they have lower um, increases in body weight, less asthma, less obesity likelihood as they go into adulthood. They're also looking at cognitive and intelligence scores, which are seemingly being a little bit higher to those who were born to exercising parents. So indeed, the research started in the 80s and it has continued on. The efficacy is there for lifting up to 85% of your max during pregnancy. They haven't done research above that because as you say, the, the unknown potential risks uh, have not been calculated yet, um, but we can safely say up to 85% or about six repetitions is perfectly safe as long as the body has been prepared to get there. I like that foundational fitness, I think is very important for, for anybody. So I don't even do a six rep max with, you know, I don't do a one rep max with new clients. I don't do a six rep max. I usually do a 10 rep max. I don't know wh what your phys physical fitness background is sort of put under a massive amount of one time or maximal stress seems right. a bit much. So right. we can test that later once we start building foundational um, fitness. Mm -hmm. I, I think that kind of gets accelerated with, if you're if you're just starting to exercise and you are you've become pregnant or you're pregnant and you go oh I want to be I want to be healthy and fit for this pregnancy and they just start now with that said that used to be the the statement like if you lift then keep lifting but if you've never lifted before don't lift don't start doing it now are you saying that that storyline is now kaput too yes and in fact, the yes, <laughs> happy to say that that's the new <laughs> the new line. Um, so ACOG, which is the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, is the leading medical board that promotes uh, exercise uh, guidelines for this population, and they have really evolved quite a bit from their stances in the '80s. And so now they say that if you are pregnant, no matter whether or not you worked out before, you should definitely start doing something and moderate activity is safe, trying to aim for about 30 minutes a day. And it can be a combination of activities. It could be cardiovascular, it could be yoga, it could be uh, doing pool work, it can be stationary cycling. Um, they have a whole list of accept what they consider acceptable uh, activities. But I think the thing that we also need to keep in mind is that what keeps us safe is different from what gets us prepared. Mm. And that is really something that we distinguish between because the advice that ACOG gives, while certainly revolutionary for them, is pretty much the same advice that the CDC gives for all adults. It's not specific to pregnancy and the demands of the body during pregnancy the demands, I mean, if you think about it, the average person gains roughly 25 to 35 pounds during pregnancy, probably a little bit more if we're being really honest here. Um, but if we're gaining, let's say 35, even 40 pounds during pregnancy, if the body has not been preparing 
to lift those loads and move with those loads, how are we possibly expecting these people to be able to handle those loads in the third trimester and move successfully and without pain? That's a big ask. And so the more we can prepare the body with foundational patterns, we don't have to load too heavy to begin with if this is someone new, but certainly I would encourage you to work with these clients, not looking at them as if they're somehow fragile and broken, but more to the point, we need to prepare them for the incredibly physically taxing journey ahead. Can I ask a question about how you handle conversations with people? So in my head, I'm thinking about <laughs> conversations I've had with people and and during pregnancy, they'll say things like, I'm already so exhausted. Um, you know, I'd love to start exercising, but I'm so tired already mm -hmm. right now. Like what, what are conversations? What are some ways? And I'm not sure if you guys even discuss this, but how do you, how do you navigate conversation, just like conversations that you have with, with people that are pregnant that find it challenging, first of all, to exercise anyway, but maybe they exercise, maybe they never did before, but right now just things just don't feel right. And it doesn't feel like this is something that anyone they're motivated maybe to do. Yeah, that is a challenging situation, but one that we certainly have to deal with. It's very real. And we tend to try to break it down in a scaled way so that it works into this person's lifestyle. So it may not be that we're expecting them to, you know, right away lift something heavy and do a bunch of sets and reps for something. It's more like meeting them where they are and saying, okay, we know and the evidence proves that the more active you are, the better it's going to be for you, the less pains and injuries, but also you're doing this for the health outcomes of your baby. Hmm. So it's almost like working out during pregnancy is your great responsibility that you can take advantage of in order to improve the outcomes for the baby. So, even if you're not doing it for yourself or you're, you're finding it more difficult to see your way to a more active lifestyle because of the fatigue, because of the exhaustion, just keep the longer term vision in mind, but start out with smaller, more achievable goals. So it might be having your client do a set of something and then they can do active rest with some specific core and pelvic floor work so that they're okay. getting things done, but at a lower uh, intensity level. And then slowly we start to scale up as they're able. I like that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Carolyn Appel, and she is talking to us about Pronatal, which is the company they work for, uh, that she works with. But we've been talking, Carolyn, about prenatal fitness. Um, let's, let's say, so many of these are pre and post natal courses, but we tend to spend a lot of time on prenatal and then we kind of lose the post part of it. So can you talk to us a little bit about what that's like, what that means, what direction are we looking at after the birth of a child? Well, one thing I will say is that even though during pregnancy, we are hyper-focused on the demands of pregnancy and the changes to the body, and we're also thinking in terms of where this is leading us to, to labor, we have this third goal of training for the postpartum period during the prenatal program. So we're always keeping in mind the longer-term trajectory that whatever we're doing now will have a direct impact on the postpartum recovery side of things. So 
after we give birth, typically there is a period of about six weeks when we as fitness professionals do not and will not see our clients because they have not been cleared by their doctor to return to exercise or a structured exercise program. And during this six week period, we don't see the clients, we don't know what's going on, but what we wanna do is figure out what happens in this void, right? Oh. Because the clients go away, something happens, and then they return to us. And as fitness professionals, we're thinking, okay, what just happened? I need to understand so I know where to enter into this postpartum stage with my client. Yeah. And so what typically we can expect is that the client is now transitioning physically from being pregnant to the trauma of labor, whether it was a C-sectional or vaginal delivery. They're recovering, potentially having had maybe a little bit of stitches, a little tearing, maybe they have um, considerable bleeding, which is something that we don't talk about. Uh, this is sort of a little taboo subject that we need to bring light to. Right, a client continue, a person continues bleeding for many weeks after having given birth. The uterus is shrinking and it takes time. The body is losing fluids. We're, we're, we've not only given birth to baby, but also the placenta, which was this entirely new organ we developed to support yeah. the baby, right? So we're, we're really massively changing in a physical sense, but we also need to keep in mind that in terms of the psychology of this person, this is changing dramatically as well, especially for a first time parent, right? They're going from being a, a person to a parent. And that can bring feelings of not only joy and ecstasy, but also anxiety, fear, concern that they may not be ready or prepared for this. They could have hormonal changes that lead to certain types of postpartum conditions like the baby blues where they're a little down and maybe a little detached from baby and not quite bonding immediately. So there's a whole range of physical and psychological feelings that they could be experiencing. And the more we know, the better we're able to meet them where they are when they do get clearance and return back to training again. I see. That was uh, an excellent, excellent breakdown of, I love that you talked about the space between when they actually stop seeing you to when they mm -hmm. give birth and then the, the gap before they come back and having a conversation and getting them mentally prepared for that time, having some physical um, things to be addressed, but also knowing that that time is for you and baby and for mm -hmm. bonding as best as you can. So I appreciate you so much for being on the show. Uh, can you do this? Can you provide some information about the company that you work for, which has its NASM pre, uh, approved uh, continuing education. For, so for those of you out there who are looking for continuing education and you would like to learn more about pronatal, the pre and postnatal certification that you can get, uh, we get some information to you about that. So can you provide that? Absolutely, yes. Um, if you go to our website, which is pronatalfitness.com forward slash fitpro, uh, we have a lot of information for you about the free guide that you can sign up for. And as I mentioned, it takes you through several changes that the body goes through during pregnancy and, and how you can consider them in your programming. Um, but we also have a ton of resources in our blog 
we're very active uh, as well in our continuing education offerings. So we have our signature pre and postnatal performance training specialist course, which is all online. It's entirely self-paced. We have 18 modules. It's very comprehensive. So I believe we get give 1.9 um, CEUs for NASM as well as all the other ACE, AFA, CanFit Pro. Um, this is our signature course, and each module comes with a webinar narrated by myself, and we give uh, PDFs, downloadable templates, uh, programming practice, so you feel like you come away with practical information that you can apply to your clients. I think that it's very important that, you know, understanding conceptually what happens is great, but if you can't apply it, then how useful is it really? And so we spend quite a bit of time taking you through developing the big picture macro cycle, and we break it down into smaller skill-based stages. And then finally, we break it down into the individual session of how you structure your individual session for your client, not only during the prenatal period, but also in the postpartum period. So you feel like you really have a good understanding of how to apply this information. Oh, that's fantastic. Carolyn Appel, thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate your time, your insights. And for you, the listener, I want to say thank you so much for being with us. If this seems like something that applies to you, then then thank you so much. Uh, you can look up pronatal fitness. And I think in the show notes, we're going to provide a discount. There'll be a time limit on it. So if you're listening to this a while after it was recorded, you may not have access to it, but we'll provide you with a discount to the pronatal product. Uh, with that being said, thank you so much for being here, your time, you. your efforts, your uh, you learning with us is greatly appreciated. So I want to say also, if you like the show, like, subscribe, make the comments, tell your fitness friends and family about it, and keep inspiring people to fitness. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Rick Ritchie. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.